Joshua chapter 22. Today we will be reading Joshua chapter 22. And our topic is the altar incident, the crisis, the crisis of the civil war. When a nation goes against the external forces, this nation will be very united in, attack, uh, in going against attacks from the external forces. But the most dangerous moment for the nation is when there, there are internal conflicts. This nation is as such, and it is as such as well in the church. In the house, it is likewise. When there are problems among the family members, it is the most dangerous moment. In, uh, South, in Korea, it has now been divided into South Korea and North Korea. In Germany, there is East Germany and West Germany. And in Vietnam, there are also two places, one in the north and one in the south. In the United States, there is also a civil war. And it is the most dangerous moment when the nation was split. And the church is likewise. When the church faces the persecution from external forces, it is the most, it is the point when the church is strongest. It is because we are united in facing this persecution. Just like the earlier church, when the church encountered persecution, that was when the gospel was preached all the more. But when the church had some internal problems, that is the most dangerous moment for the church. Even if I don't mention about it, you would know about this. CBCP was torn apart from another church before. But it's not only CBCP. The churches in the world, it is in the whole world. There are many churches that come from tearing apart from other churches. I dare not say that this is the will of God. But I can only say but this is something permitted by God. Permit. And if in the future there will be another church from CBCP, I hope that uh, it will not be a division from the main church, but it will be church planting or an expansion. What's most important in the church is unity. But then among people, it is inevitable to have misunderstandings. And so there are a lot of conflicts that arise. And so today we will be looking at Joshua chapter 22. This is the altar incident. And it almost developed into the civil war. 
There were nine and a half tribes fighting against two and a half tribes. You know that Satan is very dreadful. The 33 kings of the land of Canaan cannot stand before the Israelites. And the external forces were not able to defeat the Jews. But then uh, Satan changed his method. He made internal conflicts within the country. If you look at Joshua chapter 22 verses 11 to 12, and when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Galiloth near the Jordan on the Israelite side, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. There were nine and a half tribes who were fighting against two and a half tribes. And this is the start of a crisis. If you look at two, the last two verses, verses 33 to 34, they were glad to hear the report and praised God, and they talked no more about going to war against them to devastate the country where the Reubenites and the Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. And this is the ending of the crisis. The Israelites were glad to hear the report and they praised God. They no longer continued with the war and they just praised God together. And I ask you, in the middle of the beginning and the end, what happened? How did the crisis start? And how did the crisis end? May the Lord help us. I, I believe that all of us, whether in your company or in your families, if there are conflicts within, May the Lord help us. And today's message will allow us to understand how we will deal with these kinds of crises. And I would like to discuss three things. They had the right motivation, but they lacked good communication. They had the right motivation, but they lacked accurate discernment. Accepting one another after clarifying misunderstanding. Let us look at the first point. They had the right motivation, but they lacked good communication. If you look at this picture, on the west, uh, on the east side, there were two and a half tribes. That's Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben. And uh, they were fighting together with other tribes for seven years. And Joshua was very grateful to them. He said that you did not desert your brothers. And now that the war has ended, and God has brought about rest, now you can go back home. And not only go home, we, uh, they gave them a lot of gifts. There were gold, silver, bronze, and iron. 
and a good quantity of clothing. So that they can go back abundantly to their home. But then it was very strange that when the two and a half tribes went back home, the first thing that they did was not to build their own houses. And what is it that they did? They built an altar. If you look at verse 10, when they came to Galiloth near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. For seven years, they did not go back home. And the moment that they went, the moment that they got home, the first thing that they did was to build an altar. And it was an imposing altar. It was high and lofty. And so from afar, you will already see it. And when the nine and a half tribes saw this altar, their response was very special. The whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. And think about one question. Why is it that when the nine and a half tribes saw this altar, the first thing that came to their minds was to go against these tribes? How big or how small the altar is is not a problem. But what's important is the meaning behind the altar. The altar is a place of sacrifice. And the altar is a place where people worship God. And during that time in Shiloh, there was already an altar. And this is the one and only place where the Jews worshipped and served God. And then now there is another altar. And it is now bigger than the altar at Shiloh. And what is the meaning of this? It means that the two and a half tribes have now chosen to worship another god. And they wanted to, com they wanted to compete with the altar of God. And so the nine and a half tribes were very angry. And they said that they have turned away from God. And they are now worshiping other gods. And so they wanted to go, and go to war against them. And think about this. The two and a half tribes, why is it that they built this, this altar? There were two reasons. Reason number one. First reason is. It was not for offering. If you look at verses 22 to 23. The mighty one God, the Lord, the mighty one God, the Lord, he knows. And let Israel know. If this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord and to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. These two and a half tribes said that our God knows that our hearts are pure. We have never turned away from God. And we have built this altar not in order to worship other gods. And if we are indeed worshiping other gods, 
repent or punish us. Then may God Himself punish us. And so first thing, it was not for offering. And for what? It is for the passing on of the faith. If you look at verses 24 to 25, no, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You Reubenites and Gadites, you have no share in the Lord. So your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. They mentioned uh, two reasons. They built the altar for the passing on of the faith. It is for the faith of the following generation. Because Jordan River has become the boundary that separated the east from the west. And they are afraid that one day, the nine and a half tribes on the west side of the Jordan will no longer acknowledge the two and a half tribes on the east side of the Jordan, saying that you do not have anything to do with the Lord. And you cannot come to our side to worship God. And so they built an altar. And this altar was very much similar to the altar of God. But it was not for the purpose of offering sacrifices, but it was just an evidence to prove one thing. That we are worshiping one and the same God. You look at our altars, it looks the same. It for the passing on of the faith that they have built the altar. Dear church, please pay attention to one thing that's very important. Our faith has to be passed on. You ought to pass on your faith to the next generation and the next and the next. You say, Pastor, now people have the uh, right to choose or freedom to choose their own faith. Are you saying that we have to force our children to believe in the Lord? That on Sundays we will have to bring our children to church and bring them to Sunday school? Or do we ask them to attend the youth fellowship? No need. From Mondays to Saturdays, they are already very tired with their studies. Let us just allow them to rest. That education is very important. And when there are exams, you tell your children, you, know, you don't have to go to the church. You will not die if you miss one Sunday at the meeting. Uh, and God would also understand. Your studies are more important. Dear church, Please search or examine your own value system in your life which is more important do you want your, your children to study and to have a tutor or to play piano or to exercise. You know why? Why? Because you know you feel that the, these things are very important and you feel that these things will contribute to the future of your children. If they study well, then they will have achievements and you feel that the future of your children will be very bright. I do not go against this. But then, faith. The faith of your children. I ask you, is it important for you or not? 
If they have it, it's fine. If they don't have it, it's fine. And it is possible that you have been wronged. You know why? Why? Because no matter how much achievements your children have, your, achievement, your children's achievements will only be in this temporal world. On one day, when your children depart from this world, think about it. What will your children have in eternity? You should not forget one thing that the Lord Jesus said. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This world is not, there is nothing more important than life. And real life comes from real faith. May the Lord help you. And may you examine your own value system. When my three children were still very small, I really loved them. There are many things that I cannot discuss with them. But there is one thing. When it comes to faith, I was very strict towards my three children. On Sundays, they do not go to other places aside from the church. And they come to church. And they come to attend the church meetings. They come to attend the Sunday school. And they attend the adults' church meeting. They did not have any other option. They have tested the waters. Can we go out with our grandmother? Can we go to Tagaytay? I said no. No does it no. And my no is a firm no. And please pay attention. I am not a person who imposes laws. I believe that I do not have to force people to come and worship the Lord. I know that. And it does not necessarily mean that we have to worship the Lord on Sundays. When there are special circumstances, we cannot come. I know about those. But then, when my children were still very young, I ask you, what is more important than worshiping God? Is it doing business with other people? No, it's not. They have to come. May the Lord help us. And if you give the choice to your children, try it out. Son, Sunday do you want to sleep more or do you want to go to church? And look at what your children will choose. Tell your child, Son, Monday do you want to go to school or to play computer instead? And try it out, let them choose. Except if your children have uh, some mental problems, they would definitely choose sleep playing computer. And if you ask me, I would also choose the same. I also love playing computer. But that is a wrong decision. Because in the spiritual angle, this is not a right decision. So then, 
While our children cannot differentiate the good from the bad and the better from the best, we will have to decide on their behalf. There is no longer face value because children are an inheritance given to us by the Lord. And these children are not yours, are not mine. And these belong to God. Please remember that there will be one day that you will have to settle accounts before the Lord one day. I entrusted three children to you and why is it that you lost two? And I gave you one child. And even that one child was gone. And we will have to face our God. And may the Lord help us. And as the children gradually grow up, then we can no longer decide on their behalf. My three children have already graduated from college. And my eldest daughter has already uh, married. And my second son, my son is now about to get married. And I can no longer control them. And you have to make your own decisions. But then I thank God. When my child departed from me and worked in another place for nine months, you know, he knows how to go and look for a church. And he said that I went to CCF in this province and then he showed me the picture. And I met this person near church. There will be one day that your children will no longer be beside you. Chairman, and I ask you, will you be at ease? I am comfortable. I am really comfortable. I know that wherever my children will go in this world, they will not depart from their God. And so may the Lord help us. Your faith has to be passed on. The two and a half tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan had uh, just one objective in building this altar. It is for the passing on of the faith. Wow, that's a good, really, really good motive. And that was a very good motive. But why is it that it arose, uh, there, pro- there were problems that arose? The good motive. It was a good motive. They did something good. And the result was it almost resulted to a war. And the reason was lack of communication. The lack of communication. You know, many times, if you pay attention, oftentimes there are many good things. Yes, very good, very good. We feel that people will also see it as a good thing. And so we no longer discuss it with the other party because there is no good communication. Unexpectedly, it turns out that they see it as a bad thing. Even if you have a good motive, it is not enough. It has to be coupled with good communication. And the two and a half tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan, it was really unexpected from their end that they have built the altar. It was for the passing on of the faith. But then the nine and a half tribes ended up wanting to go against us. And so they loudly said, The Lord our God, He knows. 
You know that I have served for so many years. I have learned a lot of lessons. And one of those is that there are there were many good things that I did which turned out to be seen as bad by other people. And so I really had to learn my lessons. That I, it is good, then it does not necessarily mean that the people will also feel that it's good. Communication. And it needs communication. And as parents, if you ask your children to do this and to do that, and you feel that this is good for him, no, 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 no. no. You have to humbly explain to him first. If a mom does this for you, would you want it? And if he says no, I don't want like it. You say that this is for your good. And if he feels that it's not for his good, you need communication. And you need communication. May the Lord help us. And the church, all the more, has co workers. We have deacons, pastors, and um, elders. And the first level of co workers, we already have 39 people there. And how is it that you will require the 39 people to have the same opinion as you? And so I would like to tell the church that I do not need all 39 people to agree with my opinion, but I would like to share it clearly that if everyone now understands why I am doing this thing, if you do not agree with me, that's fine. Just submit. Just submit. Buy it. Just submit. No, 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 it's wrong. If you do not agree, it cannot be that you will not do it. It's wrong. You should have to submit to the church's authority. And so the most important thing is communication. So number one is communicate with one another. So for us to resolve conflict, we have to communicate with one another. So, and so please do remember, they had the right motivation, but it does not necessarily mean that people will deem it as right. So you have good communication. You have to couple it with good communication. Number two, second point, there was right motivation, but they lacked accurate discernment. In Fukien, there is one phrase or saying, if you, um, if you hit it with one hand, it will not sound. It will not give a sound. But then if you put two hands together, it will produce a sound. And the problem is that oftentimes conflict arises because of two parts, two parties. The two and a half tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan, they had the right motivation, but they did not have good communication. And the western western tribes, they had the right motivation, but they lacked accurate discernment. When they saw that this altar was imposing, they said, look, 
When they saw it, then they went against them. And what was the reason behind? There was a foundation in terms of truth. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 6, if your very own brother or your son or daughter or the wife you love or your closest friend secretly entices you, saying, let us go and worship other gods, gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known, if we move to verses 8 to 9, do not yield to them or listen to them. Show them no pity. Do not spare them or shield them. You must certainly put them to death. Your hand must be the first in putting them to death and then the hands of all the people. And this is the requirement of the law. If there is someone who goes and worships other gods, then you are his brother. Whether it be your brother or your wife or whether it be your son, then you have to set forth your hand in killing them. Because you can, they cannot worship other gods. So the nine and a half tribes were just obeying the command of God. They felt that the eastern tribes were now worshipping other gods. And so they wanted to go to war against them. But they lacked a very accurate discernment. And do you know, Wrong discernment leads to wrong decisions. The decision of the nine and a half tribes, where did it come from? They heard something. And if you look at uh, these verses, and when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Geliloth near the Jordan on the Israelite side, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. When they heard it, they heard it that they have built the altar. They no longer probed why they did this thing. But when they heard about it, they immediately decided to go to war against them. Your church. Your decision is it because of something that you've heard or something that you've seen. And I tell you, even if you have seen it with your own eyes, it still does not necessarily mean that it's accurate. You remember before I showed you some pictures and one of those was, if you look at this picture, which one is lighter? Of course, the first one above is the lighter one. No. But it is not the case. You remove all the shadows, you will see that both of them are of the same color. And so, dear church, do not solely believe uh, what you have seen and what you have heard. But rather, you have to investigate. And when they built the imposing altar, if you look at this altar, they decided on one thing. They decided that they, they concluded that they worshipped other gods. And this is a wrong decision. Because there was wrong discernment. And wrong discernment leads to wrong intensity of passions. The nine, half, the nine and a half tribes on the western side of the Jordan. They wanted to fight against their own brothers. You know why? Why is that? 
正义的要求。Because this was a requirement of righteousness. 一个叫圣战的 holy war. It is a holy war. 我是为上帝嘅拍戏。They were fighting for the Lord. 哇，所以大家冷静 excited， 进入 passion. Everyone had so much passion. They were so excited. 我是为上帝嘅追赶嘅。I am doing this for the Lord. 为真理嘅拍战啊。That I am fighting for the truth. 伊拿罪死啦。And And they they felt that it was right. Because wrong discernment leads to wrong intensity of passions. And may you know one thing very important. Why is it that when two Christians quarrel, it was it will be very difficult to resolve? You know why? Why? Because they, uh, the other party feels that he is um, fighting for truth, and then you feel that you also have the truth. And who will accept loss? Or who will give way? And you will not give way. That I am because you feel that you are fighting with the other person because of truth. And the other person also does not want to give way. Because I am also quarrelling with you because of the truth. And this is the wrong passion. And then third, wrong discernment leads to wrong accusations. If you、uh, you will accuse other people. If you look at verse sixteen, the whole assembly of the Lord says, "How could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against Him now?" You will see that、um, the、uh, Western tribes and the、uh, the nine and a half tribes on the western side of the Jordan jumped to a conclusion. They said that today you are breaking faith with the God of Israel. And you have sinned against God. And they jumped to a conclusion that you have sinned. But in the end, they brought about wrong judgment. Wrong discernment leads to wrong judgment. Verse 16. How could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? And they even raised two examples. First was the thing that you are doing now is like the sin of worshiping Peor. If you look at verse seventeen, was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. This is Minsoki 二十个字的歌词 And this is the story in Numbers chapter twenty-five. This was the time when the men, the Jews, began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite women. Because they joined in worshiping Baal of Peor. So, they said that you have now worshipped other gods. Say the example. And the second example was something that happened seven years ago when Achan took the things devoted to destruction. And do you remember this story? That was when there was a war in Jericho. There was a person named Achan. Who took the plunder? So this chapter, this Yutalang so talking chapter, is called "Tengai Wei Men Bikia." And so the altar that the Israelites built, they felt that it was something to be destroyed. So this is something that was not pleasing in the Lord's sight. 
example. These two examples just proves one thing that you have worshipped other gods. You have done something that was displeasing in the Lord's sight. And so, dear church, please pay attention. Whenever we have wrong discernment, it brings wrong judgment, wrong decisions. And wrong discernment also leads to wrong intensity of passions. Wrong discernment also leads to wrong accusations. And in the end, wrong discernment leads to wrong judgment. Wow. How is it that we would resolve this now? We thank the Lord. When uh, they have clarified all the misunderstandings, they accepted one another. First, the tribes in the east of the Jordan humbly explained the reason for building an altar. If you look at verse 24, no, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, who do you have, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? If you look at the first sentence, it's not without any reason that they did this thing. Anxiety. They did it out of fear. In, in the original text, this means they did it out of anxiety. Why is it, what were they anxious about? In verse 25, the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You Reubenites and Gadites, you have no share in the Lord. So your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. In verse 26, that is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. Verse 27, on the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with a burnt offering, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. These were the worries that they had in their hearts. They were afraid that they will be told that they had no share in the Lord. If you look at the two and a half tribes, they were very humble in explaining this. And so the big issue becomes a small thing and the small issue becomes nothing. And I will allow you to understand it from another aspect. And what, what if it was not as such? If they say that oh. I did this without any bad intention, it's a good thing. It is for my descendants. And now you are rebuking me. If they are not humble, and they quarrel. Why? Did I do anything wrong? You did not know what I have done. I have not done anything wrong. And then it will result to a quarrel. And there are many problems that end up this way. Husband and wife. Husbands and wives. When they communicate with each other. Initially, there were no problems. But then because one did not want to why? Can, I, can it not be done? And then the, it will result to quarrel. And there are many problems. Because we feel that we are right. We feel that our motives are right. And good. And you do not mind me. Should not mind me. You, are, you go mind your own business. And then you will start to quarrel. And may the Lord help us. When there are conflicts that arise, 
Although someone comes and accuses you, may you be humble. Because quarreling will never solve a problem. And you have to just sit down and uh, talk about it properly. Humble yourself. And humble yourself. But then if you use one hand, it will not produce any sound. If you look at this, tribes in the west of the Jordan humbly accepted the reason for building an altar. If you look at verse 30, when Phinehas, the priest, and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of the Israelites, heard that heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. They were pleased. They were pleased. They were pleased. In Chinese, it says that they felt that the explanation was really beautiful. And I ask you, where is the beauty? In verse 31, And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is with us, because you have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. Now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. What's important or what's beautiful is that they have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. And this is the main point. And pay attention to this. The nine and a half tribes on the west side of the Jordan did not require the tribes on the east side of the Jordan to destroy the altar. Because this altar was not the main point. But the main point is the objective or the motive behind the altar. Your church, whether it be in your homes or whether it be in your companies, please pay attention. When you are dealing with matters, you have to deal with the main point. You should not deal with the small things. The petty things you have, you allow other people to manage. But if you are a leader, you only deal with the big things. The Lord Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and said that you are blind guides. You strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. What did the Lord Jesus say? What is a gnat? It is invisible. When you drink water, you drink a lot. But then you say that it cannot be done. So you filter it out. You filter out all the dirt. Very good. Very good. But the camel is very big. Then you swallow them. What is it that the Lord Jesus was saying? The Lord Jesus was saying that many times we pay too much attention on very small things that the big things we no longer deal with. And we quarrel about petty things. And sometimes okay. maybe you cannot understand what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. I'll give you an example. One day, for example, one day, you come to the church meeting and then someone wears shorts and wears slippers and then walks and when you see it you feel that there's something wrong you feel that this person does not revere the Lord and you say reverend you have to announce about this and you have to tell everyone 
the people who come to church. You have to wear uh, dress up properly. You cannot wear shorts. And you cannot wear slippers. And you have to bring with you a reverent heart for God. And I tell you that I am not foolish. I will not announce that. If this matter I will announce, I will uh, I will have to announce many other things. And you say, Reverend, this person removed his mask during the church meeting. You have to exclude this person. And I tell you, if you would just pay attention on these small things, this is this person is not a leader. You know why? Why? Because life will gradually grow and mature. When I came, I would wear slippers. But when I sit down, I slowly listen. And then my relationship with God grows deeper. I would feel ashamed and I would feel that it can and if this really happened there were two sisters first time they came to CBCP they were running outside after running there was a church here so they entered and attended the church and they wore exercise clothes and you know this, uh, both of these sisters eventually believed in the Lord and then got baptized from that time on they came dressed up very properly and these things need not be announced these things need not be announced you allow other people to manage it but if one day there is someone who tells me that someone comes to church who is dressed up very properly but does a lot of filthy things and uh, there is a question about the, mo the motive of this person as he comes to church I will ask you to come let us discuss there are uh, things that you have to deal with but small things you allow other people to deal with the leaders do not deal with small things and if you look at this after the problem was resolved the nine and a half tribes no longer required the two and a half tribes to tear down the altar because what's most important is that they have not sinned since they have not sinned that's quick that's good. good enough. And this good enough. And they did one more thing. They named this author. It is a witness. We thank God. It proves that God is between us. Dear church. There are many conflicts and misunderstandings that arise between us. And I would like to share with you a story. In Qing dynasty, in Qing dynasty, there was a scholar who was very uh, good at studying. And one day, he was outside studying. He was studying, reading. And then suddenly there was a blow of wind. And it flipped the page. He was a very educated ah, man. And then he said, 
清风不识字，何故来翻书啊 ？The cool breeze is illiterate, but why does it flip a book? 哇，也够讲威今时。He was very eloquent. 你注意头一个字啊，清风这个清啊，清。The the first uh word. 这个清就是清大是上一个字个。Qing is the word in Qing Dynasty. And then he mentioned this phrase. And then he was imprisoned. What happened? Because someone sued him and said, And they said that the people of the Qing Dynasty are not educated. And if you understand the history of China, Qing Dynasty people are educated. These were people from outside coming into China. These are uneducated people, and they were uneducated people. So I say, Qing, this is Qing people. They don't understand. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And uh, they interpreted the saying as the, Qing pe the people of the Qing dynasty are illiterate and they are here to govern over us. And then he was imprisoned. And there are such things that happen among people. And so may the Lord help us. In this matter, let us learn some things. Number one, first. Jump to the conclusion. Let us not jump to conclusions. Number two. Second. Let us not haphazardly condemn people. Third. Let us not decide on things based on the outward appearance. And on the contrary, we have to listen to people's opinions. Let there be more communication among people. In resolving things, look at the main point and not on the petty things. Don't make a big fuss out of small things. May the Lord help us. Number one, first, you should not give jump to conclusion. Number two, you should not haphazardly condemn people. Number three, you should not decide on things based on the outward appearance. On the contrary, we have to listen to people's opinions. Number two, we need to communicate with each other. Number three, when we deal with things, let us not Look at the details, but rather we look at the main point. May the Lord help us. In whichever conflicts we are in, may we deal with these things gradually. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Through this altar incident, we have seen that there are a lot of misunderstandings that arise among people. It is because people have different ways of thinking. Maybe that we will be able to humble ourselves down. That we will listen to others' opinions. That you will have good communication with others. That there will not be any misunderstandings that need not happen. Maybe that as we resolve things, we will resolve it based on the main point. May you bless your church. And may you bless the people who belong to you. So that we will live peaceful lives. 
May you bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.